Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful desks that prepare us to fly. Got a little cold here, Elizabeth. Look it's at the, you. I you know. Poor little thing. I hope you're hitting the zinc and the vitamin D and all of the hippie things that you know I'm very into. Oh, lots of zinc. Fire lots of- cider. Uh, you know what? I forgot about fire cider. You got to get, you love oh. fire cider. I made Jay oh. take a shot of it the other day. Tell everybody what that is again. So fire cider is, it's like an apple cider vinegar tonic, and it's been used for years and years. I, I always say this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical <laughs> advice, so please, like, don't do this and then sue me because I'm just a person who happens to have, like, three shelves full of supplements, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but that's that's it. <laughs> um, but basically, it's usually honey, uh, apple cider vinegar. It'll have, like, some cayenne pepper in it. And it's like this tonic and you just take shots of it and it's a vinegar tonic. So it, they say that it's a big immunity booster and it can also just kind of help you with overall wellness. But if you like feel like something's coming on or maybe you're having a hard time kicking something, just take a shot of fire cider. You can make it. If you look up fire cider, you can make it. And then there's also a brand fire cider that you can, you can buy it already made. I always have some at my house. Oh, I totally forgot about that. And I wish I had talked to you last week because I would have done that in, in a heartbeat. I've been relying on, you know, good old standards like Theraflu, um, and a little bit of whiskey, which is always a nice thing when you're sick. You know, I I would actually be a bigger proponent of the whiskey than the Theraflu. (laughs) Exactly. I I actually think of the two. I prefer the whiskey. Today we're doing our Watch, Read, Listen episode of Best to the Nest, Marjorie Punnett. So what we've been getting into, and when it gets dark at four o'clock here, you find you have a lot of time to watch (laughs) things, read things, and listen to things. It's a wonderful time of year, I think. I do too. It's just a great time to get cozy even though it was 62 degrees in Kansas yesterday. Oh, so. that's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. It's been very nice because we're getting these chilly nights, but a good dose of sunshine during the day. Uh, so it's been lovely. But watching in December, I'm trying to make, I think this is partly because I wasn't feeling so well last week. I just want everything around me to feel good. So I'm on my second round of Ted Lasso. You're watching it again? Well, the fun of it is, is Ian hadn't watched it at all. And so I'm getting to watch it for the second time with somebody who hasn't watched it, but has lived through the hype. And so it's really fun to see him enjoying it and not being disappointed, even though he's heard so much about it. For sure. Because that's always the hazard of sort of being late to any any movie or any book that's that people are finding, you know, that they've been talking about for almost two years now, or at least a year and a half. So he's really enjoying it too. But it's just as good the second time around. It really is. I think you all, you would probably even find little things that you maybe missed, mm-hmm. like little comments, because, you know, it's all in a British accent. Sometimes you kind of like <laughs> miss a little bit of the humor. I mean, not all of it, but a lot yeah. of it's in a British accent. <laughs> yeah. What are you watching? 
Okay, so I am really excited about what I'm watching, and I can't wait for the kids to go to bed so that I can watch the rest <laughs> of it tonight. And it is the series Only Murders in the Building. So oh, this is the Steve Martin, Martin yeah. Short, uh, yeah. Selena Gomez series. It's on Hulu, and it is so absolutely wonderful. I love it so much. And I had heard about it, and it's kind of been like – percolating and it kept showing up as a suggested deal and then now I'm into it and I just can't even get enough of it. I am loving it. Oh, yeah, that was on my list to watch and then there's so much that I just forgot about it. I just forgot yeah. that it was out oh, there. Oh, that's don't next forget about for me. it. You and Ian need to watch it. It's so good. Okay, so to give you like a little bit of the background, basically Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, their characters all live in the same really cool historic apartment building in New York City. Right. And it's called the Arconia. And there is a death that happens in the Arconia. And uh, these three connect initially because they all kind of through these different ways, they all realize that they're all obsessed with the same true crime podcast. So when a death <laughs> happens in their building, they start talking about it. And they decide that they're going to create their own true crime podcast in real time <laughs> as they investigate this death that happened in their building. Okay, so that's that's all I'm going to say just to not give it away. But it is funny. It's smart. The characters are complex. They do a beautiful job of revealing who these people are and keeping you guessing and fun surprises. And then like all sorts of kind of quirky, weird things, like just the right amount of what's, you know, like the kind of internal dialogue that we can all have mm -hmm. and like the weird thoughts or the strange kind of messages or like voices that we all hear in our own heads. They do a really beautiful job of ex of just showing how the characters experience that too. It's oh, that's fantastic. That's it's phenomenal. I guess it's already been renewed for season two and it is so worth watching. And there are 10 episodes in the first series, the first season. And they're like, I think like 50 minutes long and I'm just obsessed you know what's funny is I've been watching some of 30 Rock too because I missed all of 30 Rock. I never watched it on the first run. And I'm like... That's funny because Tina Fey's in this too. Oh, is she? I'm on yeah. like season six. It sort of got me through a lot of my sickness as I would just sort of let it roll over me. But I'm on like season six, episode 22. And I'm thinking, I love the new streaming universe where a season <laughs> can be 10 episodes. Yeah. I mean, I often marveled at you, Elizabeth, because when I was doing Food TV, we would do a season. You know, I would do a season of the show that I was producing, and it was 13 episodes. And I would think of you sometimes, you know, I'd be struggling over a story or we'd be trying to hit a deadline. And I would often think of you and take this with the love that it's intended. And I would say to myself, I'm not Elizabeth. I don't have to do a show every day. I know. You know and I, I know. would be like so grateful that I was doing 13 episodes <laughs> and I would do like three different series a year. So it wasn't like I only did 13 episodes a year, but still everyday TV is so hard. And then you go to like doing a TV show, a sitcom that used to be, I don't know what, it, what sitcoms used to be like 30 episodes a season or something. Oh, yeah. Some insane number. And I just love that these creators now can sell a season, 10 episodes, really invest in the writing, really invest in the quality, and you get something really good out of it as opposed to them it's, just stretching and stretching and stretching. I totally agree. It is so good. It's so worth watching. It's And it makes it more fun for actors, I think, to do 
these TV projects and not yeah. feel like they're getting tired. Right. And then, but also feel like you're getting more out of something than a movie. So right. I think it's like the best of both worlds. Anyway, watch right. Only Murders in the Building. I think you're going to really love it. I highly recommend it. What are you reading? I'm reading, I just am carrying around in my purse uh, a book called 50 Essays. It's a college anthology of essays. And I'm reading one by Maya Angelou right now. The reason I wanted to say that this is what I'm reading is because I noticed, and I talked a little bit of, about this when we had our digital addiction episode, Yeah, that at every moment where I wasn't occupied, I was grabbing my phone and looking at Instagram. I know. And I thought, okay, put something else in your purse other than your phone. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I just, it's just a book of short stories and it's not short stories, sorry, it's a book of essays, you know, nonfiction. And I just, if I'm sitting in a doctor's office or if I'm sitting, you know, in an appointment with my mom, I just pull that out and read it instead of pulling out my phone. And I'm really trying, and I'm not a hundred percent of the time, I'm really experimenting with changing my patterns because pre-cell phones, this is who I was and what I did. I always mm-hmm. had a book in my purse. And right. so it's been really strange to think that just changed without me really noticing that I changed. So it's kind of weird. So that's it is what... weird. And I love that you're doing that. My dad never leaves home without a book. Yeah. He always has a book. Like he came over to help out to watch Heathcliff the other day and mm-hmm. he was sleeping when he got there. And so my dad just sits down at the kitchen table and then opens his book. Like right. the man constantly has one with him. And it is, I think that's such a lovely idea of like, what book are you just going to keep in your bag? And like a book with something kind of short, like right. shorter stories or sort of like little chapters like that, that you can just kind of yep. absorb one and then move forward. What a great idea. Yep. So that's what I'm reading. What about okay, you? That's great. Okay. I'm into cookbooks right now because it's the holidays and I'm cooking and baking. And I'm also just finding that I love to cozy up. I mean, I don't know why I'm finding this. I've been finding this for the last like 25 years. I yeah. love co- <laughs> cozying up with a cookbook like more than anything. I just will pull one out of my large shelf that I have just filled with cookbooks. I did downsize quite a bit. I got rid of some and then I regretted it because I was like, shoot, there was a sourdough one in there that I wanted to read that I didn't get into sourdough. And then I got rid of it. And then now all of a sudden all I do is bake sourdough. But I, I am really into a couple of them that I wanted to share with you. Number one, I just recommended this, which is the Defined Dish Cookbook. And my mom and my sisters and I have been, every time we make something out of this, we always like end up firing off a picture to each other and we're like, oh my gosh, you guys have to make this. We got this cookbook for my dad for Christmas last year too. So these are kind of good gift booked book ideas as well. The Defined Dish, the woman's name is Alex Snodgrass and she is she's uh, a blogger and I might've recommended this before. If I have, forgive me, but it's worth recommending again. Her recipes are so good and they're really nice because she does a lot of substitutions. Like if you can't do gluten or you can't do dairy, there's a lot of opportunities to switch things up, which, you know, we deal with some of that in our house. And I made her carnitas a couple weeks ago when Mm. my sister brought her kids over for a sleepover. And it's a crock pot version, but I did it in the oven and they were so Ugh. unbelievably good. I mean, the kids were like this, Frankie's like this poik. Oh, this is very good poik. <laughs> you know, it's pork. And it's just delicious. And she has a new book coming out. <laughs> I can see his little face. This is what he says. This is poik. I like it. 
It's very funny. Oh. And um, she has a new book coming out, too, that you can pre-order. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, But her original one, The Defined Dish, is just so delicious. It's just great. It's really, I think... Oh, worth so getting. So and then cute. two others that I want to mention, and I have surely mentioned these before, but again, I think they're so worth it. And these are cookie baking uh, books by Sarah Kiefer. Sarah is amazing. I just went and baked at her house with her this week for my 12 oh, Days of Cookies series that I do on Twin Cities Live. And when I've talked about her in the past, I've talked about her 100 Cookies book. And this was a book that came out a couple years ago, and it is just phenomenal. It is the best cookie book you can find. I'm just 100% telling you this. And I've baked with her several times. I've made several of her recipes. She's famous for the pan banging chocolate chip cookies. Right. And that recipe has been written up in the New York Times. It's been posted by Food 52. It is like a game changer recipe. But she came out with a new book this fall called Holiday Cookies. And it is just lovely as well because they have, she has all sorts of like recipes for lovely little like buns and rolls. And, oh, nice. um, she has a recipe in there for something called a cruffin, which is a combo of a croissant and a muffin. So Sarah Kiefer is, incredible and she's a pastry chef and her recipes work and you know oh that's I'm a big, a big fan of like I love blogs I love food blogs I I get I really like cookbooks for actual baking recipes because right. they are so much more thoroughly tested and like butter and flour are expensive so yeah. if you make something and it doesn't turn out and this is what Sarah and I were just talking about the other day she's like what upsets her the most is that then if people make something and it doesn't turn out they think that they're a bad baker and they don't have the the like comprehensive understanding to look at it and go oh that wasn't a very good recipe right. it's not that I'm a bad baker so i just think like when you're baking go to the books and use uh, actual pastry chefs who really test their recipes a lot. And then you'll know that you'll end up with a really good product. So I think 100 cookies and holiday cookies would be a really lovely gift for That's someone. That's good advice well. because I think, I think there is a, a looseness to how we feel about recipes that we can just pull from anywhere. I'm not, for sure. a big, I'm not a big cook. I do occasionally bake and it takes time. It takes time and it takes money. And you're exactly right. You want to make sure that – because if you follow a recipe – I mean, this is what I think I learned as a novice baker. If you follow a recipe, it's going to turn out and it's going to be good. And But if the recipe is bad and you're not a cook like you said, you are done for. And I've just been around so many good pastry chefs that I really appreciate the art and the skill and the knowledge that they have. And that's worth investing in a cookbook. It's worth yeah, it. Um, I totally agree. And I let me clarify. I said 100 cookies, and then I said holiday cookies. Her second book is Baking for the Holidays. I'm oh, nice. my names and my cookies confused. So 100 cookies is the first book, and then the new one that's just out from Sarah is Baking for the Holidays. And, and I, I may or may not have come up with the concept for her next book while I was at her house. Tell me about that. I don't want to take that. credit for it, but I might. I'm not going to. Now I can't. i got to keep it a secret until she's ready to share. <laughs> Listen to me. Tell me about it right now. Tell me. Tell me. Um, you may not know this about me. I don't think we've ever shared this. I don't really have a sweet tooth. I mean, I, I'm not wired that way. But the one thing I love when it comes to desserts, like we'll be out at a restaurant and it'll have a great dessert menu. And my husband loves cheesecake. I'm okay with cheesecake. I mean, oh, I'm okay with a, cheesecake obsessed. Yeah. yeah. I'm, there's a lot of things. I'm okay. I'm okay with pie. I'm okay. But the one thing that I love more than anything are cookies. 
And so if I'm at a restaurant that has cookies on their dessert menu. Yeah, like warm cookies and milk or something. Not even warm cookies, just cookies. And there's a a restaurant that we go to in Vegas that's off the strip. It's an old, old family Italian restaurant. And... We go to, we go to Las Vegas once a year for the, for the NAB. And we go to this restaurant year, every year, Elizabeth. And my favorite part is getting a cappuccino and a plate of the Italian cookies. And it makes me so happy. And I just, I, so when you say that, I may actually, I may actually buy one of those, one of, one of those two books. I'm not sure which, but, um, the cookies make me very, very happy. If you love cookies, as you have just professed, you need to get the 100 cookies book. Like don't even, the other one is amazing. Baking for the holidays is magical. It's a beautiful book, but I wouldn't even mess with that. If you're, if you're like, if you've got a one track cookie mind, get 100 cookies. Do it. And you just gave me an idea for my next TV show, One Track Cookie Mind. (laughs) One Track Cookie Mind. That is very good. (laughs) That is is going to be my next show. Uh, What are you going to listen to while you're baking all these cookies? Well, one of the things that I have, I don't have a lot of collections of things, but I do have a pretty spectacular collection of Christmas albums. Um, yeah. and Christmas CDs. So you can tell, you can tell when I was buying things in the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. So I just wanted to tell people two of my favorites. Cause the beautiful thing about old CDs is you can still get them. Just go yeah. online and you can find them. One of them is, I'll be curious if you've ever heard of either of these, cause you'll want both of them. A very special Christmas. No. came out in 1987. Uh, this is one of my favorites, and I play this every year. It was the brainchild of Jimmy Iovine. Do you remember him? Um, yes, of course. Yeah. So he organized this in 1987 for the Special Olympics. It was a fundraiser. But he got everybody who's anybody at that time to record a Christmas song. So it's got U2. It's got Bruce Springsteen. It's got pretenders, John Mellencamp. I mean, obviously, this is all these people that were hot then, or or not even super hot, but just sort of classic artists recording classic Christmas songs. And it's wonderfully produced. So that's one of my favorites. And then I have, of course, which I think everybody should have if you don't, A Charlie Brown Christmas, which came out in 1965. Just classic Christmas music from the show, and it's beautiful. It's all – it just – if it doesn't put you in the in the holiday spirit, I don't know what would. Oh, that's very nice. Do you own very either of sweet. those? No. Mm-mm. Oh my god. But goodness. I could stream them. I mean, I just tell all my machines to just play Christmas music. You know, <laughs> like I just say, "Hey, you know who your name is? Play Christmas yes. music," yes. and then it just shows up, and then it's like sort of fun. I think we're gonna do our we're gonna get our Christmas tree this afternoon as oh. we speak. We got our first dusting of snow uh overnight so it oh, looks fun. like snow capped around here and um it's oh, just fun. definitely feeling like the season okay my listen though has uh really nothing to do with christmas but it's just this artist who i just really love and i've loved her ever since i saw her when i was in nashville and i went to the grand Ole opry and she performed and i think that night they were celebrating like her 50th appearance at the grand Ole opry and her name is maggie rose And I just adore her. I follow her on Instagram and I've just found myself telling my machines to play her music quite a bit. (laughs) And she is, um, so she's a country artist, but she has like this fabulous, super short blonde pixie cut. She wears like just very cool 
costumey clothes and her voice is unbelievable and she's got a little bit of like a like a folksy soulful country thing going on to her right. so i just have become a, such a big fan and i just really like listening to her and i was just thinking like i've got to look at her touring schedule and see where she's going to be and see if i could get to see her live again because i just enjoy her so much um so again her name is maggie rose and i would just recommend that you look it up i can't wait to listen, listen to that that it, that yeah. was the lasting legacy for me of having lived in nashville for three years is i went to nashville moved to nashville without knowing anything about country music i mean i grew up in chicago and once you hear really great country music like people who are super talented i have such an appreciation for it it can be fabulous yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll definitely listen to her. She's definitely not like country. I mean, she's, nope. you know, that's what's so cool about her. And and that is an, also an interesting thing, too, about just like what, I mean, Nashville is, of course, known for country, but she's just more of a, like, there's also a lot of diverse music being made in Nashville that isn't just limited to country. She's just really great. I think you will like her very, Okay, I'm going to have an much. honest broadcast moment here. Did I miss what? the fact that she wasn't – what is she again? Well, I just said she's in Nashville and she's sort of like – it's. she's got like a little bit of country, but it's much it. more like soul, folksy yep. kind yep. of a deal going on. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. But she's she can do anything. She's fantastic. Can you tell I'm a little sick, <laughs> No, you're doing great. You're doing, doing great. great. This is a perfect little podcast. That's it's right. very wonderful. Um, right. Hey, before we go, I want to make sure that we mention that this is like last chance to buy the Best to the Nest art print. That's the collaboration um, with our friend Gina Holiday over at Spoonful of Faith because she closes down her shop on December 10th so that she can <gasps> take time off over the holidays. She's wonderful and magical. And remember that part of the proceeds are going towards Emerge Mothers Academy. So we're going to get to cut them a check here in just a few weeks, which we're really excited about. I just, I have my best to the nest print framed in a cute gold frame from Target and it is in my kitchen. It's right next to my stove and I look at it every single day and it's making me so happy. So That's I just great. want you all to know that you can get the eight by 10 or the 11 by 14. It's a, it's spoonfulofaith.com is where you can buy it. And this is like last chance. I mean, cause we're recording this and it's going to um, come out here uh, and you'll have like two more days to get it. So yep. Yep, exactly right. Oh, thank you for remembering to remind everybody. That's a yes, beautiful thing. Yes, I reminded myself to remind all of you. There you <laughs> go. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. Remember, we are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? 
Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.